We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chargers are back and there's plenty of excitement in the air about this team. Whether you want to go to a game at SoFi Stadium or you want to go to a road game when Justin Herbert comes to your city in America, ticketing is very important and it's really important how you get your tickets because there's plenty of sites out there that want to scam you and put all these charges and service fees that you didn't originally agree to. But that all changes with TickPick, the exclusive ticketing partner of the Guilty as Charged podcast and the Blue Wire Network. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. They're the original no-fee ticketing site, and they are able to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it and you can find better prices, TickPick will also give you 110% of the difference on the same purchasing price. The Cowboys are coming up. There's plenty of high-profile Chargers home games coming up, road games all over the place where they travel to Baltimore and go to Kansas City. So you can go get tickets at TickPick.com charged and use that promo code charged to save $10 on your first order of Chargers tickets. I know you want to see Derwin James. I know you want to see Brandon Staley. I know you want to see all those boys and get that Chargers W. So go to TickPick.com slash charged and use promo code charged for $10 off your first ticketing order. Welcome in to the Guiltiest Start podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into our live recap. We got a lot of shit to talk about, man. I am fired <laughs> up. I know everybody else is fired up. I cannot wait to dissect everything with my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty fucking good. Uh, I thought my, <laughs> my screening of uh, Uncut Gems was really good today. Um, just a f- <laughs> stressful viewing, but 
they get the win at the end. They never win that game. And today they won that game. So it was it was pretty amazing. Haven't watched any of the four o'clock games. I went to the supermarket and I'm still on like a fucking delirium right now. So that was, uh, yeah, that was really fun. It was an awesome, awesome experience for sure. I uh, I started the day trying to stream the game on from my computer, connected with the <laughs> HDMI cord. If you don't get you know the regional games, you know the kind of struggle this is. So I ended up scrapping it after the first half. I went to a sports bar here uh, in Clovis. Brooke had a lot of shit to do for for school tomorrow, so she was she didn't come. It was just me. And I get home from the sports bar and I open up the door and I just was like, "Woo!" and she was like, what the heck? She, you know, took her off guard. It was great, man. I'm still hyped. <laughs> still got all this adrenaline going and can't wait to talk about it. Tyler, how are you in that amazing shirt doing today? Me and my amazing shirt are doing very, very well. I'm really happy to be wearing this after a win. It's worth the purchase. The Chargers are 1-0 against Kansas City since I bought this. I will keep purchasing these shirts, and I will keep wearing them. Whoever wants one, I'll send one to you. Just kidding. They're really expensive. But it's been really fun dogging Chiefs fans or or Chiefs Twitter or old takes or the believing seeing comment. It's just been fun. It feels like a decade since they've beaten this team. It's not been a decade, but it really feels like a very long time. Well, it's been less. since it's been since 2018, and the pandemic happened, so that it that is was like 10 years, years really. Yeah, <laughs> it was like 40 years ago. Yeah, no, this feels this is a great release. Oh yeah, man, the pandemic has definitely you know elongated some time, and everything is just weird, but. Um, you know, this is a huge win and Mike Williams, man, take a bow. Like that's my first takeaway and we'll, we'll dive into everything, but sure. Um, really just a, a fantastic day for the chargers as a franchise. And I think, you know, we'll dive right into the biggest takeaways here. I think for me, just kicking things off is Brandon Staley is beloved by his team and he mm-hmm. loves them. He believes in them. He has full belief in all of his guys to, really kind of do their jobs and that is so empowering as a player Mm -hmm. and you know last year which it was definitely you know kind of exaggerated but we last year we got that backup for a reason quote today we get the (laughs) he's a gangster quote like it's just brandon staley has brought so much juice to this franchise and you know he deserves to take a bow as well i thought that you know the call late in the game to go for it even after the penalty you know was fantastic Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can definitely talk about the run defense some, but he had a plan. He stuck to his guns. And for the most part, it worked. It wasn't perfect, but the Chargers executed their plan and pretty close to perfection. And mm-hmm. they ended up getting the win today, which was just a fantastic game uh, for this defense, for this offense and for this franchise, really. Yeah, I mean, this is it. If I, and look, I know there's mistakes that they made, but this just feels like a whole new era that Staley has ushered in a philosophy that will push the Chargers to a championship at some point, or at the very least, they will get as close as they possibly could with this coach. We just witnessed the difference a head coach can make. And, you know, if the Chargers had lost this game, it would end up, this season could just end up being like any other season. And they did almost lose, but they didn't. And and today, I know there's a long season ahead. Plenty of things can happen. But it just feels like today is the day that the Los Angeles Chargers are taken seriously for the first time in years. They have the coach. They have the quarterback. I think they have a line. They, in general, have the defense. Yeah. And as seen today, the Chiefs are vulnerable. They had you know, tackle issues, secondary issues, pass rush issues. 
And with the first picks of the last two drafts, they took a running back who fumbled the game away again, practically, and a linebacker. And it, really, the Chargers are a run defense. I know that there's a lot to it, but like an interior defensive lineman away yeah. from dominating the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. And they have a quarterback who can throw as many touchdowns as yours can. So, you know, do I think the, Chief, the Chargers are an elite team yet? I don't, but they are on their way and you can't deny that. Here come the Chargers. Yeah, um, I think the big takeaway for me is like they didn't play a perfect game at all, right? But, you know, the coaching mm-hmm. and everything, I mean, fuck, I was going to lose my mind on that illegal shift. That whole drive was just, I, I have never smoked in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette, and I felt like I needed a bum like 15 from somebody. Um, but, you know, like my thing is they didn't play a perfect game, but still Brandon Staley going for it, Justin Herbert determined, and, you know, God willing <laughs> with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they find a way to get it done. And also the pass rush, I mean, showed up when it needed to, right? It, to force Mahomes mm-hmm. into that throw, um, you know, where, you know, he was throwing it to Gilman and just tossing up a prayer. Like that was the kind of performance that the Chargers needed today. It was a very gritty, grinded out win. Um, a lot of things can be fixed and we'll get into those things. Yeah. But, you know, two and one is two and one. And you take the wins, how you get them in this league. Um, yeah. Just And it's just like Tyler said, we've seen the Chargers lose that game so many times over the years so for them to finally come in and win it it was just great it was man and we we have heard this statistic that the chargers are so bad in one score games Mm. for years now and they are now five and one in their last six with justin herbert at quarterback Mm -hmm. and i truly truly believe that the nfl is about finding the right head coach and the right quarterback Mm-hmm. And that once you do that, this the sky is the limit for your franchise. And I like I I firmly believe that Brandon Staley is going to be an elite head coach in this league. There are yep. definitely some things that need to be cleaned up about this franchise. But the pairing of Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert is everything we could have hoped for and more. And I mm-hmm. cannot wait to see them you know i because brandon staley's dealing with a lot of anthony lynn's guys still like he hasn't had multiple years to put his you know put his fingerprints on this franchise like he's just getting started and so is justin herbert like i truly believe that this franchise is going to win a super bowl sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. and i will plant my flag now and say that it happens when justin herbert is on a rookie contract I truly believe mm-hmm. that, and I'm yeah. sure I'm probably smoking a lot of the high weed today or whatever the case may be. A lot of that high weed. I know. <laughs> but That's how you I know believe you don't that, smoke weed at all. Yeah, I've never <laughs> smoked weed, never done drugs, never <laughs> had a sip of alcohol, whatever. <laughs> um, but I truly believe that this franchise is heading in a great, great direction, and I think this is going to be a, a Super Bowl winning team in the next few years. And, you know, I'm going to say that to everybody. I felt that way. Before the season started, that it would be coming down the road. I just like it's going to happen soon, and, and I can't wait to watch how this unfolds going forward. Yeah, I'm not going to quite plant my flag in Super Bowl Mountain yet <laughs> after three weeks, but like, look, they're close, and this is you know yeah. a team that can be a playoff team this year, right? Assuming uh, the rest of the roster you know stays as healthy as it can through a 17 week season, and you know you have all the right pieces in place and the offense plays more like it did today than it did the last few weeks uh, Mm -hmm. against Dallas and against Washington, then, you know, sky is kind of the limit. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally think this is, you know, just a great new direction for the Chargers. And, and like Arjun said in the chat, like the reality is one score games are random, but for the Chargers to have the lead, then lose it, but still be able to go toe to toe with the Chiefs. I think that was really impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's dive into the actual takeaways from this game, because I think it's only right that we start with Mike Williams, yeah. who, in my opinion, is the MVP through three games. I know Justin Herbert has played fantastic. Rashawn Slater has played fantastic. But I I thought that Mike Williams would have a bigger role. But is he wide receiver one at this point? Like, this is crazy yes. to me that what we're seeing for Mike Williams, you know, he has the lead for most touchdowns. He's like second in the league in catches. He's tied for first in the league in targets. Like we are seeing a completely different player in this offense. And it, it like, it's fantastic. You have a legitimate one, two punch of two mm -hmm. potentially top 10, top 15 guys paired with Justin Herbert. Like to me, Mike Williams deserves all his flowers. And I, I just can't wait to see how this watches. I, I tweeted this out that he was on pace for 463 touchdowns. Obviously, is hyperbole, <laughs> but he is on pace for over 20. Like, he has four touchdowns yeah. in three games. You know, if he's able mm -hmm. to, you know, keep doing that, obviously, he's not going to score in every game. But he is on pace for over 20 touchdowns, which is just crazy to me, you know, looking back at how a month ago, how wrong we were about Mike Williams. Yeah, absolutely. He is... I still think it's very possible. Well, first of all, he has to stay healthy. So if he doesn't stay healthy, yes. different conversation. But I thought that he would price himself out of the Chargers price range, especially for a guy with his history. But with the way they've incorporated him into the offense, like you said, it is a legit Keenan Allen is wide receiver one, I think, no matter what. But they are making it a very close one B right now. And so because they featured him so much, it's he's getting his extension. You know, and, and there are there are some drops that he'd like back, sure, but they're just letting this dude rock. And it's very clear to me that he's a big part of their offense. Seven catches, oh, yeah. 122 yards, two touchdowns, uh, the game winner, the two point conversion as well. Yeah, there's so much we could disagree maybe with Lombardi about, but he's really been true to his word, and really the staff has been true to their word about getting him involved. I just I don't remember the last time I've, I've really seen a player just be allowed to be who he is, like the way they've let Williams be. It's yeah. it's somehow like nothing new. Yet everything feels new. But so shout out to him. He's absolutely proved me wrong so far. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it is a lot of new with him. Like just the way that they're using him, right? Because Mike Williams used to be, you know, contested jump ball guy, right? During the Anthony Lynn yeah. era. And I think that goes back to how you're using him, right? But now that they've gotten Mike Williams openly, you know, just more involved uh, in the intermediate stuff, like that's the kind of thing you need to do going forward. <laughs> like... Um, you know, I, I didn't think that Mike Williams would quite have the route running prowess, um, to do what he's doing right now, but, you know, Joe Lombardi saw it and, you know, put him in a position to, uh, do what he does. And I thought that, that was really impressive with Mike Williams. It was never about, you know, could he do it? It was just about, you know, can't, you know, sort of, would he be put in a position to do it? Um, and Joe Lombardi through eight weeks or eight weeks, Joe Lombardi through three weeks, eight if you count training camp, I guess. Feels yeah. like eight weeks though, man. It really does. Feels feel like, like eight weeks eight after games. fucking today. Like Jesus, uh, Joe Lombardi through three weeks has been true to his word. Um, yeah. And I think that that's just great to see with Mike Williams. And at this point, like I tweeted out on Twitter, like give him a blank check 
40 million fine um like <laughs> that's how i feel about him just with how they're yeah. using him right um you know at some point mm-hmm. keenan allen will unfortunately get older like that's the nature of it and like mike williams is you know i don't know if i would say he's the wide receiver one yet but like you know he's getting that kind of usage to be considered a true 1a 1b with keenan allen um and that's something that we did not see under the previous regime and he's showing the same you know uh efficiency so uh, i'm really proud of uh mike williams and you know his improvement this year so yeah uh, give him whatever he wants yeah, there, there's no way. Like, if he keeps this up, there's no way that Tom Telesco can let him leave. Like, mm-hmm. you love to see a player playing his way into contracts, and that's what's happening. And I, I think we're seeing that this offense can support both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and they're both, you know, doing mm-hmm. it in different ways. You know, Keenan exactly. Allen is being used more as a deep route runner, which, shocker, of course he can do that. Um, and it just really kind of points – a really ugly picture about what was happening in the previous regime where Keenan Allen was nothing but out routes and slant routes and hook routes and Jeez. and Mike Williams was nothing about jump balls. Like Mike Williams has the the one jump ball in Washington that he dropped, which was a great freaking pass by Herbert. But has yeah. there been another one? Is that the only true jump ball that we've seen? Of the jump balls, I do believe so, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean he's gonna like he's gonna be healthy if he's not <laughs> Exactly. Literally throwing his right, body like, yeah. on the line. And that was the play he got hurt on, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think, like, I think he's cognizant of that, too, because there was a play mm-hmm. against Dallas where he caught, you know, kind of a crossing route. And, like, there were three guys charging down on him, and he just dove forward like Keenan does. Like, he, mm-hmm. he has shown, too, that he is cognizant of his body, which is. Oh, shit, balls. We can still hear you, buddy. Oh really? I my yeah. Wi-Fi is totally so, frozen. Thanks for the, thanks for the shit. I, I'm, totally, I'm totally frozen. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Um, I can uh, take yeah. this if you want to leave for a second. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. No, I mean it, it's great to see, and I wonder how much competition or whatever you want to call it played into some of this ascension too, because I think part of the best thing that ever happened to Keenan Allen is they kind of tried to not replace him, but they had to think of life without him when you know Allen went down for the second year in a row with the ACL first year was the the kidney injury and then the ACL, you know, the Chargers like, okay, listen, we have to draft a receiver. And they took Mike Williams. You see Tyrell Williams ascend. And what have we seen since then? An amazing, amazing career from Keenan Allen, like a resurgence practically. Same thing sort of, I feel like for Mike Williams, you know, you, you hear about Tyron Johnson, maybe taking his spot or, you know, not really Jalen Guyton, but like Jalen Guyton was taking some snaps and they draft Josh Palmer. It's like, here we go. We're going to take, you know, we're going to move on from Williams. And then what does Williams do? <laughs> Everyone goes to the bench and he's the guy who's dominating. So it's been impressive to see him really. Everyone's laughing at him for speed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen. Uh, it couldn't have been a worse. It couldn't have been a smile. It couldn't have been a normal <laughs> face. It's this very concerned face. I will say that Stephen's um, Botox procedure has not gone very well. No. He's unfortunately very stuck like this. We tried. Um, so I'm going to be the host moving forward. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alex, anything else? No, I'm, oh, there's Stephen goes. Uh, <laughs> this is funny because Stephen was messaging us before the show. Like, Hey guys, I did everything to fix my wife. <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> still does that to him. Uh, uh, unfortunate. Uh, speaking of a guy who had a drop today, Jalen Guyton is so rough. lucky. The Chargers got this. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is so lucky. And, I'm going to go on my little rant here. Tyron Johnson would have caught that ball. All right. 
I, I don't care. Yeah. He would have caught that ball. He had better touch with it. And we talked about this. Jalen yes. Guyton still has the drop problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the concerning yeah. thing going forward. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, tremendous day for Mike Williams, for Keenan Allen. Um, just those two guys going forward are also going to be great. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he, uh, you know what? Credit to Jalen Guyton. He did, he did draw the DPI, uh, but didn't catch that touchdown though. And that was, it was almost, yes, it, (laughs) that, I mean, it was a bad sequence of events for Guyton today. I really think he did earn a lot of praise throughout training camp and he deserved to kind of be that wide receiver three, at least a three a with Palmer, but today was not, today was not. A good one. The, the drop touchdown, then the illegal shift, which technically isn't really on him, but they called his name. He's the guy moving. And then, yeah, that drop. I mean, if the refs, if it was last week's refs, they would have lost that game on that drop and it would have been over. So I I'm, yeah. I don't remember if the, the broadcast was confused about which guy was supposed to be called. Was it actually the guy that was on Guyton or was it the safety? I think Sorensen covering someone else. I feel like no. they were like, oh, it's this guy, but then it should have been they, this they, guy. They, they called it on Sorensen, but I think that it was supposed to be Sneed. Uh, I'm, okay. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Sneed. Um, sure. But, you know, like, uh, I, I think Guyton was, you know, it's tough because week one, like, he he did have that, like, hospital ball thrown at him in the back of the end zone in Washington. Yes. Uh, and there was a couple moments like that. But that, that was like, hey, ball's in your hands. You got to catch it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, unfortunate day for him. But other than that, like, yeah, I mean, Josh Palmer is going to get involved, obviously, uh, at some point. Look, they drafted him with that kind of thing. And um, yes, yeah, like I said, even <laughs> it's crazy that they didn't get that Jalen Guyton touchdown and still won this game. Yes. Because, like, that's the kind of thing we would point to. Like, hey, you could have mm-hmm. gone up 21 nothing, and they didn't, but still gritted their way to a win. So it was uh, it was really good in that regard. Yeah, there were so many points at this game where I thought, well, there's the point where they lose, or there's the point that they lose, or there's the point they lose early on in the game. Yeah. Even, even though they were getting turnovers um, by the Chiefs, it was like, okay, here they here, like the loss is on its way. Here it comes. But I mean, Mahomes kind of, and the Chiefs really just kind of choked this ball away, choked the game away, excuse me. Um, I don't think that the Chargers would win a similar game the next time they played. If they play like this, I really do think they have to clean a lot up. But it was certainly very encouraging to see them play as well as they did. Another takeaway I want to bring up too is and this is sort of a we can talk about like best players, worst players at some point, but I want to talk about Drew Tranquil getting involved. And we sort of discussed, hey, you know, maybe Staley might bring in some different guys to help this run defense, rotate Tillery out, rotate, you know, Murray out. What's going on? I didn't quite pay attention to who was in, who was out, but I believe Tranquil had single digit snaps the last two weeks, um, except for the well, Murray did go out, so I think he had. I think double-digit snaps last week. But this week, Tranquil did get 30 snaps after really not being involved all that much. And I know that tackles aren't everything, but he did have eight tackles and half a sacks on 30 snaps. And it wasn't just like that he had tackles. You could feel the impact of those tackles, of those hits, of what he was doing. He just looks like he has something to prove. I mean, it's like, hey, you, I was going to be the starter, and I kind of got benched. What was going on? And as soon as he hits the field, he is hitting people. Steven, welcome back, man. We were talking about Drew Tranquil. And just and just the fact that it was so refreshing to see this the Staley go. Listen, I know it's only been two games, but we got to get Tranquil involved because I think he is can make an impact on this defense. They put him in there; he does make a really solid impact. Eight tackles, half a sack on thirty snaps is pretty solid. This looked like I, I would just say what Tranquil was supposed to be in twenty nineteen, right? <laughs> yeah. Like coming into that year, unfortunately, gets hurt in that first Bengals game, but like he's always been a very solid tackler, which he was today. Um, and you know he was 
when we talk about run defense, which I'm sure we'll get to later, like he was one of the yes. few good parts of that, I felt. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, Tranquil had a great game and definitely going forward deserves uh, more snaps than he's been getting. You know, I don't know exactly mm -hmm. how they're going to work out the ratio with him and Kaiser um, and all that. But th this is a game, a statement game for him. Yeah, so uh, I think my Mac just died, <laughs> which is great. Um, those are cheap. So, yeah, those are very cheap. So I mean, I've had it since 2015, and has never, okay. it has not failed me to this point. Um, but yeah, it was definitely frozen. So uh, shout out to my Mac for uh, freezing at literally the worst moment possible. Shout out Steve um, Jobs. Honestly, uh, luckily though, I have uh, I have my work computer now, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, I thought Tranquil played awesome today and, you know, we kind of saw him provide a little bit of a spark last week. Um, you know, both as a run defender and in coverage, we wanted to see more from him. Um, it, it felt, I think Arjun said that he played 30 snaps, which was great. Mm -hmm. I think that is really kind of how the rotation should be going forward. Unless, you know, Kenneth Murray and, and Kaiser White kind of start playing better because I think that you need what this team, what I think this team needs, what Tranquil brings to the table. And um, as Edsky Munoz, I think Tranquil does read plays better than both Kenneth Murray and Kaiser White do. So mm -hmm. um, Tranquil's better mentally than either of the other two. It's just that I think the other two kind of give you a little bit more versatility and athleticism at their best, but they're not at their best right now. So until they do, you know, Drew Tranquil, I think, is is kind of going to he's got to be a starter going forward. Mm hmm. Any other takeaways? Uh, any other takeaways? Um, sorry, my mind's still going through Steven's computer time. <laughs> um, uh, I thought the secondary was fucking awesome today. Uh, and this was a yeah. real statement game for them. Like, yeah. um, Nasir Adderley, props to you uh, when it comes to like, you know, they had to deal with Derwin going out and then coming back in. Like that mm -hmm. was a whole stressful thing. I think he got a shoulder pop back in. I'm not sure, <laughs> um, but hectic day there. I thought Michael Davis was excellent. I thought um, Asante Samuel obviously has that diving interception, which was so great. Good. But you know, shout out to uh, Tavon Campbell too because he was yeah. playing a little bit of that Chris Harris kind of role today, um, and I felt that he was just super successful in it. Like he was just doing something smart, not even just forcing the fumble, but Felt like just doing something smart every play. Um, and I was really excited to see that for him, especially because we saw flashes of it last year, um, that this is the game where he really needed to step up. So um, I was just really impressed with how the secondary looked. Obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to beat you when they can, right? Sure. Like there, there's no situation where you're going to shut them down for the entire game. Um, but with everything that they did with Derwin and all those guys, uh, and, you know, Tony Romo talked about it on the broadcast, which was, you know, um, I, I forget his exact term, like stacking the roof, um, and, you know, just putting of, a roof on it. Yeah. Putting a roof on it, you know, pr pretty much preventing every, you know, deep play that the chiefs could burn you on. Like that was the game plan. And I think the secondary executed that to perfection. Yeah, man, and they don't win this game without Tavon Campbell today. Like, yeah, I, I think that he played like, and you need these kind of contributions from people like Campbell. And Brandon mm -hmm. Staley mentioned that after the game. You know, if they're starting Chris Harris or Kimon Hall, I genuinely do not think they win because yeah. not only did he force the two fumbles, like he was chasing Tyreek Hill around all game long, 
And I'm sure, as Mike Williams said, like his hamstrings are probably really sore today because <laughs> he had to use it. Like he was really, really good today. And listen, like one player that I was really worried about watching this year be a key contributor was Alohi Gilman. Mm-hmm. And the interception was a little bit of a gimme, but he still had to go and do it. He still had yep. to go make the play. Mm-hmm. And he's had some really, really good tackles in space through uh, his two games of being kind of a starting level player. So we were all worried about the secondary, as as we've as anyone listening to this show knows. But Adderley has looked way better than his first game. And Elohi Gilman has been better than I would have thought. Yes. Campbell played better today. And then you have a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. who just knows how to get the football. Like it, mm-hmm. It's so simple, but... He's always in the right spots, and Tony Romo has mentioned that a couple times today um, and last week. And that interception, man, like that was such a high level thing. And so, Ooh. when you talk about like Brandon Saley's future and his, you know, imprinting his identity on this team, like it starts with a secondary, and they're playing awesome. So now next year, yeah. like he can really focus on rebuilding the trenches in the way that he wants and the way that he feels comfortable with and i think he would you know admit that they don't have the kind of pieces to execute his vision um but the secondary is playing great right now and i'm glad that alex brought them up yeah they're playing very well according to the current numbers which are subject to change they only gave up and again you know only between davis campbell and samuel jr they only gave up 10 catches on 16 targets for 104 yards and a touchdown which it sounds like a lot if you add it all together, but it's three guys taking on the Chiefs and Mahomes. And to yeah. give up only, like, that's it. That's the best you could do, particularly Campbell. Only four completions on eight targets, only 22 yards. Pretty good stuff. Really, really impressive stuff. And like you said, we can, the Chargers can just focus on the trenches in the draft and on the defense. I don't think they'll take linebacker, but they can focus on our defensive tackle. And that secondary, which is super young, can continue to gel. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, like I say, rebuild the trenches. Like I think the pass rush of the Chargers right now is playing at a good level, specifically Joey Bosa, who, <sighs> again, subject to change. Joey Bosa has nine pressures currently and the sack. So mm-hmm. Joey Bosa is playing at an incredible level. We didn't think I didn't personally did not think he was going to play once they announced that MK Egbele was being called up. Yeah. Um, but he's playing at a great level. And like the dude is massive, like the dude is cut up. As <laughs> he is, yeah. In that post game, the post game video is just like he is a massive human being. So yeah. there are definitely some pieces that this defense needs before they truly become like an elite defense. Like there, there are a couple defensive tackles away. I think they need a true Robin to boast as Batman. But the the defense is playing about as good as you hope in certain areas. It's just the run defense needs to get a little more you know, in tune. And I think if Tranquil plays more, I think that will help. But, you know, it certainly is a little bit of a concern right now. But Staley said after the game, like, they they had that plan. And, you know, he only gave up the biggest run was 14 yards. And so that's that's the thing that I think Staley wants to see is limiting the explosive runs. Like, I think he's okay with four or five yards a carry if you're not giving up the multiple 20-yard games like they did last week. To Zeke and Pollard, who I think each had, I think Zeke had two 20 plus yard gains. I think Pollard had two or three. So I think that's the thing that Stady wants is like, I'll give you four or five yards of carry. It's just that you want to kind of limit the explosive runs too. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to say, like, in terms of kind of needing a, a Robin to Joey Bosa's Batman, like, uh, you know, they will need that at some point. Like, I think at, at you know, in some point in the offseason, they'll try to go get an edge player either through the draft or free agency, whatever it might be. 
But in the interim, like you need everybody else around him to step up, right? And everybody else sort of combined is that, you know, Robin to join sure. us as Batman, right? And in this game, you got it from Jerry Tillery. Credit to him. He was a tremendous pass rusher today. Um, I thought Kyler Fackrell had his moments, right? Um, and you just kind of had everybody sort of in like a group effort, you know, kind of help out Bosa. So I thought that that was um, just a really kind of, that, that's what it needs to be going forward, right? Because last week it was sort of like, well, they're clamping up Joey Bosa and, you know, nobody else is really, you know, helping out in terms of getting to the quarterback or in terms of like stopping the run. Um, but this week it was, you know, Joey Bosa and everyone else sort of being a supplementary piece around him on that defensive line. Yeah, Joey Bosa. I mean, we can, I don't know when we'll get into this, but I have to give away a spoiler. I mean, Joey Bosa is my game ball guy. The guy was yeah. not practicing all week, Yeah, heads into the game. And then at some point in the game, very early on, I think in the first quarter, he's holding under his leg on the <laughs> ground. And I'm like, oh boy, you need to take this guy out of the game. And so yeah. he finishes with nine pressures on 36 snaps. I mean, a pass rush productivity of 25%. That's amazing. With a guy with one leg, that means every four plays, this guy's pressuring the quarterback. What a what a boss, man. Like, I, I wish he had been given the game ball. The whole defense was, and that's fine. But, man, like, he really stepped up, and they do yeah. not win this game without him playing like that. No, absolutely not. And, you know, <laughs> there's a certain defensive end in Cleveland that played his ass off today against a very bad, you know, offensive line in the Chicago Bears. But did you, yeah. you guys see that yet? No, I heard it was anything. four sacks, right? It's Ferrante's record. Yeah. The uh, Justin Tucker had more yards on that game winning kick than the Bears <laughs> had on offense the entire game, man. Oh, man. I, I, it's like Maggie's not good. No, yeah, Sean. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it just like the defensive end position right now, like it really does feel. I know TJ Watt had a really good game in week one, but it feels like it's Joey. Miles Garrett and then everybody else. So, you know, Joey definitely deserves his flowers again. I didn't think he was going to play today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they do not win that game because he really, like, he whooped Lucas Niang. That spin move, <laughs> that spin move that yeah. he did. Oh, my gosh. It was a thing of beauty. So, nine pressures in a game on a hobbled ankle. I agree. I wish he would have, I wish he would have gotten a game ball today from Staley. But, you know, the defense did, you know, really play well as a whole. Yeah. Shout out to Gus Bradley's defense for giving a fourth and 20 uh, conversion in overtime. <laughs> really? So, yes, they get a fourth and 20 conversion in overtime. If they had oh knocked it gosh. down, they would have won. Uh, I still think the Raiders will pull this out, but they are Miami's still moving. So, Gus Bradley, keep it up, buddy. Oh, man. I hope they win. That'd be so funny. That'd be no, I want them to win. I want that jersey, man. <laughs> I need the Raiders to win today. Uh, also, a side note: uh, Do you know how bad you have to be to get juked out of your shoes by Jacoby Brissett? Brissett, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! First, you get thrown to the wall by Najee Harris, and then you get juked out yes. by Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, where was I going with that? Um, I forget. I Haha, Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So someone keep us posted in the chat how that one's going, but uh, definitely okay. Gonna get rid of the Nazi in our uh... oh, sweet. That's cool. All, all right, all right. Good stuff. Now we got a Nazi in the comment section. That's fun. Oh, Denzel Perryman got hurt. Hate to see it. Um. All right, let's talk about Joe Lombardi because I think uh, okay. there was definitely a lot of hate for Joe Lombardi today, mm-hmm. and 
uh, I think we need to talk about this. So, Tyler, what do you make of Lombardi's day kind of just in general, like where your thought process was with him um, on the day as a whole? I was definitely worried very early on. It just seemed like they weren't trying to kind of get things and throw past the sticks, uh, not a whole lot vertically, just trying to be this horizontal sort of offense or get things going in the flat. And for what feels like the fourth or fifth time in the last two games, you know, Herb, like there's a little bit of motion in the backfield. Herbert immediately dumps it off to the guy in the flat, and the guy in the flat gets killed. And so I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. Why is this team playing, you know, not to lose? Like, why are we playing scared? Why were we so aggressive against the Washington football team and then the Cowboys and the Chiefs, who have awful defenses? They're just kind of like, I don't know, kind of roping things in. I don't know. So I was a little bit worried, but things I think did open up. I will have to rewatch um, the game to really get a feel for what was going on. I think at some point, I think midway through the third quarter, I just blacked out and was watching the game like, oh, please, like all these things were happening. And I just stopped taking notes. Um, But overall, I do like the ideas that were there. I just have to off to off the rewatch to really get a feel because it was worrisome at first. But I do think things got better as the game went on. Yeah, I thought it was really bad at first, um, just because it felt like they were sort of doing that thing they did against the Cowboys, where it's like, okay, here's a little screen uh, and then the flat and like doing all that shit. And it was like, you know, you can do that if you're mixing it up with the other stuff. But, you know, it felt like there was a feeling uh, feeling out process that went on too long. Right. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't kind of pussyfoot your way into the game against the Chiefs. Right. Because like you could be down 14 zero sooner than you can blink. Right. Now, what helped Joe Lombardi in this game certainly is Asante Samuel Jr. Getting the pick and the chief and the Chargers getting three Chiefs turnovers in the first half. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that does not happen traditionally with the Chiefs. So I think that certainly helped Joe Lombardi out. But sure. As the Chargers kind of got, I think, later into the second quarter, it just felt like at that point they started getting more creative. Uh, on what they were doing like okay here's how we're going to get mike williams open here's how we're getting keenan allen open right um they yeah, i mean austin eckler was a pretty big monster in the first half just like he was always open yeah. on the check down then the chiefs mm-hmm. had to adjust to that so i thought just in terms of route creativity and what they were doing with the concepts it got a lot better as the game went on now uh, as for the sort of final drive that happened i was very confused about how that was playing out um you know i mean they got away with it because of the penalties but you know on some level uh the field goal drive where you know they did have uh, you know that from the one they sort of should have gotten that then they have the penalty that drags them back so um yeah i still am not in love with the red zone play calling but it was much better than i thought it was last week with dallas um so you know i'm not totally sold on Lombardi yet but I think he showed you some things in this game where it's he got a lot more creative uh as the game went on right and I think he was assisted by Staley's decision making and play calling like hey we're just going to go for it here um and and that's something we'll get to in a bit but you know it wasn't the greatest game for him just because of how it started but it got a lot better I thought as the game went on it did and I I can understand to an extent of like what he was trying to do early because, like, I mean, I watched the same film that he did on the Chiefs defense. I probably would have run the ball to start the game out early, too, because that, <laughs> Chief, yes. that Chiefs defense was awful against the run. So yeah. I can kind of, like, understand what he was trying to do. In, mm-hmm. in terms of the play calling, the one thing I will say that it, it is kind of 
is a big pickle for him, right? Like they cannot run the ball if they go right. Like it, it, yes. nothing is working if they go right. If <laughs> right. they go left, it's like, you know, later on in the third quarter, in the early in the fourth quarter, it was like they would run right and it was like one yard. Left, left, we'll run to the left side. Okay, eight yards, nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it's like so obvious that they cannot run right. Mm-hmm. And it's so good when you run left. So it, that definitely is a little bit of a pickle for him. Um, apparently, the Dolphins are dumb. What just happened? Did they lose? I'm sure they lost. I mean, you, you have Jacoby Brissett. Like, I mean, it's, they should have gone for the fourth and two. Didn't watch any of it. Don't care. Dolphins tied it up. So, <laughs> They oh, end it's in a, a tie. tie. Oh, please let the Raiders tie. Please let <laughs> them tie. That'd be Wait, really what fun. does that count? Does it, no, that doesn't count so as a win for me, does it? How does that work? <laughs> no, that doesn't count for a win for you. Oh, am I going to tie? Am I going to have no, a you're tie not on my shit. record? No, you're not getting shit. <laughs> I just get a loss? I don't even get a tie? No, you're getting an LSA tie. But there's still 249 <laughs> left, so they're going to back at it. Uh, oh, so the Raiders right. still have a chance. So if the Raiders, yeah. the Raiders have to yes. go and score. No. So now it's just like mm-hmm. regular like fourth quarter football, like the Raiders have a chance to win. I think so. Or if they don't score, then they tie. What in I the guess. world? <laughs> Whatever. Who um, cares? Yeah, who cares? But, you know, I, I agree, though, that I think Lombardi got progressively better. And, you know, um, Robert Mays and Nate Tice were talking about this on their show, that the run game, it, like, it really seems like they're trying to figure out what kind of rushing attack they want to have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we saw that in this game. You know, we didn't see a whole lot of jet sweep action today. You know, we didn't see a ton of bootlegs except for the first, like, probably, I, I want to say it was, like, early in the second quarter. But I don't think we saw many bootlegs in the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah. it's just, it feels like Lombardi is really trying to figure out what works and what doesn't right now. And that's totally understandable. Um, I, I Like, the one thing I'll say about people on, like, just need to relax. Like, it, Lombardi has been an offensive coordinator and it's not even been two full seasons yet. Like it took Brian Dayball like seven different places to figure out what he wanted to be <laughs> as an offensive coordinator. Like hopefully it doesn't take that long for Lombardi, but like let, let's relax on the hate because I think like he is showing us really good moments. It's just like putting it together consistently. And I think like we got to be a little bit more patient with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Nice to see Parham get a target this game. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Um, lots of comments in the kickers in the, uh, lots of comments right now in the chat about the kicking situation. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys making much of Viscano today? Because me personally, I'm I'm kind of not because it was so windy down there, and like he hit the field goal when they needed him. So I'm kind of not putting a whole lot of stock in today's game from Tristan Viscano. What about you guys? I'm not worried yet. I mean, I think that, you know, it was 20 mile per hour wins and at a point like, you know, he hit the field goal that he needed to, right? Yeah. In terms of the one that tied it up at 24. Um, the extra points weren't great, but uh, I, you know, I feel like Staley on the second one should have just gone for two anyway. That's just kind of my opinion because I think he saw how the first one happened in the first quarter. Um, so I, to me, this was kind of a game where I think he should have gone for two pretty much on every touchdown. Um, uh, I think that that was just the kind of game it was today. I will say special teams as a whole was pretty bad. Uh, Hill punt returner stepping out of bounds. That's right. Um, Pretty dreadful. I I sent out my weekly KJ Hill hate tweet. (laughs) (laughs) It was rough. And then Ty Long shanks a punt, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he had some other good punts too. 
Um, but yeah, like it just felt like the special teams this week, um, you know, this kind of situation is a little bit different because it's like, you know, the wind, uh, the wind, the wind, right? Like you can't really control that. But I did think that the special teams as a whole could have been a lot better today. Yeah, I it's tough because it is it is extra points that he's missing. It's not like he missed a 50 or a 66 yard field goal. Apparently people are making. Yeah. So it's not like he's you know missing those, but I'll fine. I'll give him a pass. And I think even Staley in the press conference was like, yeah, it was pretty windy out there. And you could see some of the balls sail on, on Herbert, like also the balls would end up super high and Keenan Allen yeah. make these miraculous jumps for it. I don't know how you had two quarterbacks passing the ball in that game. If it was that windy, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a pass. It's only if he had made the field goal last week, then maybe it'd be like, Oh, okay. Like it was just a bad game, but it's not like he's had like a consistent performance yet. So I kind of would believe that he would miss one of those, but two, like, sure. I don't think you're missing two. I, I really think it was just a, a super windy day. Yeah. And even like, I know that um, Bucker made them, but like he would kick it like straight up, like a normal kick. And then you'd see the wind just like, whoop, like take it way <laughs> over the field goal net. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a tough day to kick for, for both guys. And like, you know, I've seen someone comment about, you know, Borigalis off the Buccaneers practice squad. He's never kicked in an NFL game. Like, we mm-hmm. don't know if he would be any better. So, like, I wanted them to make, you know, a move for a veteran kicker during training camp. It, it obviously didn't happen. So, I'm, you know, I'm willing to kind of see what Vizcaino is at this point. Um, again, he's only played th- three games, and one of them was windy as hell. So, I'm waiting C mode for uh, Tristan Vizcaino today. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say, what was I going to say in regards to special teams that was happening today? Um it was pretty windy. Like, you know, Stephen brought up how uh, the Butker kicks were going. Like, I honestly thought watching on uh, TV in the live stream that, like, every kick actually just, like, missed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looked like that on, on tape. So, I mean, there is something to the wind bending the ball um, mm-hmm. severely. You know, I don't want to come off like a Viscaino apologist. You know, you, you still got to make a PAT at the sure. end of the day. Sure. Um, but, yeah, for me, I, I think this is a week where I do give him a little bit of a pass. Now, Prime time against the Raiders in a mostly closed stadium. Can't miss kicks yeah. there. Yeah, next week he's got to show up. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And play well, so... Um, we'll have to see there. All right, let's get to studs and duds, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Let's get to studs and duds right now. Um, let me just change the thing. There we go. All right. Um, 
Tyler, you already mentioned your stud. So, mm-hmm. Alex, let's let you go first. Who is your stud of the day? Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery is my stud of the day. Uh, I don't know exactly what his pressure count was. I would guess it was five. Um, and he ended up having probably two quarterback hits as well. Um, but this is the game that we need from Jerry Tillery as a pass rusher, right? It's all of those yeah. guys sort of supplementing Bosa. Um, obviously, the run defense uh, didn't look good today, but I think that's a larger macro issue than just Jerry Tillery or just Justin Jones. Like, it, it's pretty bad as a whole. So, you know, I, this is the game that we need from him as a pass rusher. Obviously, he won't show up on the stat sheet in terms of sacks and stuff like that. But, you know, I just wanted to see this level of aggression. And we sort of saw this um, in the Chiefs game last year in September, where, you know, he's just kind of flying around, consistently getting pressure. Um, and I thought he was really good. Uh, so obviously, Jerry Tillery is not a player that I traditionally like. And, you know, yeah. this is a thing where we have to see this from, you know, four or five more weeks and, you know, continuously get this kind of performance from him. But at least for this week, uh, I thought it was a really good effort from him. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he had a couple of good plays in the run game, too. And, you know, we're definitely not saying that he was like the best player on defense, but like this is what you need to see from Jerry Tillery on a co- more consistent basis. Um, you know, and he was doing it against some pretty good competition. I know they're rookies, but Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, they're really, really solid players, as is Joe Thune or Tooney. Um, so I, I was encouraged by Jerry Tillery for sure today. Um, I, I today, I'm going to go with Nasir Adderley as my stud. Okay. I think similar to Tillery, like we need to see him be more consistent. And Mm -hmm. he was very, very good today. He made a bunch of consistent plays in space. And really one of the the keys to stopping the Chiefs offense is limiting yards after contact in the rushing rushing attack, limiting yards after the catch. And I think Nasir Adderley played really, really well. And to me, he has bounced back much better than I would have hoped after the first week where I thought he had some really, you know, relatively large issues with instincts and not really understanding leverage. And I think that he has played really fantastic the last two weeks. And so it's kind of a combination of both. And you could definitely go with Asante, as Michael points out in the chat. You can go yeah. with Alohi Gilman, the secondary as a whole, like Alex talked about. But I I have said this a bunch. I think this defense, in order to reach their ceiling, needs Nasir Adderley to be playing at a very high level. And it seems like he is on that trajectory now after a mm-hmm. very poor start to the season. So I'm going to give some love to Nasir Adderley today. Yeah, aside from the one, I think the Chiefs def- uh, offensive receiver, obviously, dropped a ball. I think he was kind of late coming over. Again, I couldn't really tell just watching the game, but I will have to see with the All-22. Other than that, he made some great plays. Again, showing up in the run game. I yeah. believe just smashing Clyde Bedard-Hilaire to the ground. That was a big hit, man. Huge, huge hit. And Gilman made a really good tackle somewhere on like second or third down or whatever it was. Like that honestly could have run for a touchdown and Gilman really came in and saved that. Um, Adderley also, I think had a pretty, I don't know if I'd like him to always go high and, and shoulder bump Mahomes for that fumble, but he did cause a fumble that Mahomes ended up recovering and that yeah. could have almost changed the game. So really good one from him. As for Tillery, the flashes on the screen looked really good. I think them using him in a certain way where you can, you know, if he can't win as one-on-ones, let's run him around the line of scrimmage and help, you know, attack Mahomes in a certain different way especially when he's trying to roll out and scramble. Um, as, as we've found out, only three, only one of his four pressures, and he did have four pressures, but only one of his four pressures was like a self-created beat the blocker kind of one. The other three were cleanup pressures. 
but still that is good and you saw some good things in the run game too so i think just another nice little building block stepping forward up uh, stepping up for jerry tillery so yeah good game for sure all right so you're sticking with joey bosa though right yeah, there are so many studs. You, I mean, we could just sit here and talk about plenty of studs in this game, but right, I have to go with Joey Bosa for literally sucking it up and basically saving the game for the Chargers. Yeah, and I, I think in terms of like game balls and stuff, like we could talk about Herbert, we could talk about Mike Williams, and we mm-hmm. did talk about both of those players already. So, um, you know, I'm more than okay giving it to some other players. Um, looks like the Raiders and Dolphins are actually going to tie. Am I reading this correctly on on their ESPN app? So, well, if they miss a field goal, then they'll tie. But they are okay because ESPN 11. ESPN has the clock at zero and twenty eight twenty eight. Oh, if they missed, uh, there's one second left. There's one uh, second left. Okay, I currently have one second left as well. But uh, drop a comment. Do you think the Raiders are going to make this? They're going <laughs> to miss, guys. What do you think? They're going to make it. They're going to miss. Raiders kicking a field goal right now. This is the beauty of live streaming. We're, we'll all figure out if the Raiders are going to oh win my, at the same time. Yeah, neutral zone infraction on the Dolphins. They're, they moved they're at the time. three yard line and they're kicking a field goal. Yeah. They have one play left and three seconds in overtime. You got to do it. That's true. And they made it. I get my it. one victory. Holy <laughs> cow, that was way too close. 3 0 uh, this it. week, baby. You're 3 0 this week? Yeah, I got. I had the cards and the Rams and uh, who else did I have? Oh, the Broncos. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, shout out nice. to Gus Johnson today. That dude is a national treasure. I don't know if you guys have seen the clips of him, you know, calling those touchdowns, but. Yes, uh, Gus yes. Johnson is awesome, and Urban Meyer is really bad at his job. <laughs> Who could have seen that one? That's an on. extra win for Alex. He's four and yeah. this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, uh, do we want to get to duds? Or yeah, let let's talk about duds. Sure. Tyler, mm-hmm. why don't you start us off with the duds right now? Yeah, I only already mentioned Jalen Guyton, so I won't do it again. I do think he is a dud for this game for different reasons. Uh, I will say that Kenneth Murray had three tackles and I don't remember any of them. And I just don't recall him doing much this game. Things definitely change when you watch an all 22, but sometimes, you know, like even like Jerry Tillery, you're watching the game and you can see hit like, Oh, he's flashing here. He's flashing there. I don't remember Kenneth Murray making any of those tackles. And maybe they were great. I don't know, but I don't remember him making any real impact on this game, not in coverage, not against the run you know, pressures or anything. I just don't remember anything happening. So I could correct myself once I watch the film, but for now he's a dud and it's, it's, it's a kind of a weekly thing now. Yeah. Um, I know we already talked about Guyton, but I got to give my dud to Guyton. Um, yeah. You know, look, that touchdown was a chance to go up 21. Oh, on the chiefs. And I honestly think we have very little of the drama that we had in the second half. Obviously it's still the chiefs and they still would have put up mm-hmm. points on the board, but we would have had so much less drama today if he just catches that ball. And it's not just that yeah. the illegal shift was really bad too. Like we could talk about the illegal shift from last week and whether that was that he wasn't even set for the play. And I'm like, come on, man. Uh, yeah. You know? So I think that those were two huge game defining mistakes. Um, yeah. and I think that that's really a problem. <laughs> I'm not going to go into Tyron would have caught it because I already got into trouble for that today. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm when has that ever it. stopped you, Alex? Yeah. Tyron would have caught it though. 
Um, (laughs) Jalen, yeah, so I thought it was a rough game for him. And uh, I hope we get a better effort next week. They did kind of call those shot plays for him, but the Chiefs weirdly had him like double covered on one of those. Um, So (laughs) that was, you know, interesting. So they were sort of ready for it, even though it kind of hasn't happened yet this season. Um, So, yeah, I got to say the illegal shift was really bad and the drop was bad in the end zone. And that's something that it's amazing. The Chargers still won those games despite you know, really leaving a possession on the board, having to punt uh, after the illegal shift on the fourth and four, and then leaving seven points on the board um, with that touchdown. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned the the streaming situation today. I uh, missed the Jalen Guyton drop, so I, di- I didn't watch it until later yeah. on Twitter, and everybody was shitting on Jalen Guyton. I was like, well, what the hell did he do wrong? Like, what happened? <laughs> um, so I had to go back and watch that later on. Um, oh, man. <laughs> So that is Tyler's dad, everybody. What like, is Radaz? What is Radaz? <laughs> Radaz. <laughs> oh Thanks, my dad. gosh! Thank you for the super chat, though. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think Jalen got in like it, it was a tough day, and and he has not, you know, had the kind of role the last two games that we would have expected, which has to be really kind of demoralizing for him. Yeah, you know, sprinting downfield all those yards and not getting the ball, and then when he does, he drops it. So. Unfortunately, like Jalen Guyton, like he has that problem, right? Like he's not a sure-handed player. Um, like Alex mentioned, I think the Chiefs were prepared for the deep shots. There were three or four times where they max protected and had Jalen Guyton running deep, and they were, you know, very well covered. So that's going to be an adjustment for for Joe for Joe Lombardi in this offense and Justin Herbert. And um, you know, on two of those plays, Herbert held the ball for too long. So um, that's definitely something that got, that has to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I I probably would have you know I don't want to be redundant and choose Kenneth Murray that would probably be my choice. Uh, I I think it has to be KJ Hill. Otherwise, I think you know you you keep KJ Hill for his special team oh. value, and we saw a big big mistake last week. You know, catching the ball at the three yard line, and then you see him this week. You know, catch the ball out of bounds, and so it's just not pretty. I, 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 like you've got to have a better option. Like they really has to be a better option. I know everybody's going to get mad because they could KJ over Tyron Johnson, but that that's not really the thing. You know, it was Guyton over Johnson. It is your thing, but Tyron Johnson's not a special teams guy. Like, I don't know. From what I've seen from KJ Hill, he's not a special teams guy either. (laughs) (laughs) But if in theory, in theory, KJ Hill. In theory, it can suck my ass because I've had to watch three games of KJ Hill on special teams and I'm about to lose it. Yeah, in theory, I'm Chinese, but I can't play the piano. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> Tyler can say that, though. None of us can say that. Um, but, yeah, it's just not pretty. Like, I'm ready to see, you know, elevate Austin Prohl, you know, elevate Ugh. whoever you have to, Maurice French. Like, for French. Just, F for French, yeah. So whatever you got to do, I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, mm-hmm. Because KJ Hill has not been, you know, great on special teams at all. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I was setting up Alex for that one. (laughs) Um, well said though, Alex. All right. We're going to open it up to some questions. We'll shout out some things from the chat. So let us know if you have any specific questions as always use the super chat feature to make sure that we, uh, you know, answer your question and then we'll wrap it up. And what do you guys think? Like 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Do we want to do game balls balls and stuff like that or. Kind of sort of did. That's, I, yeah, know, I guess that's game balls anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sign Josh Gordon. Why would they do that? 
If the Chargers signed Josh Gordon, that is a different organization. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Josh Josh Gordon's on that big weed like Steven Center. Right <laughs> uh, shout out to the Utah legend Josh Gordon. He went to Utah. He went to Utah for literally a fall camp and then got kicked out. So he attended Utah for about <laughs> three weeks and then got kicked out. Wow. Uh, All right, ask us um, some questions. Steven, you want to bring up the uh, offensive line stats for the day? Oh, yeah, good call. So um, I, I think we were all curious to hear about how uh, Storm Norton bounced back or not bounced back. And I thought there were there were a couple of times when Chris Jones beat him pretty good. Um, but, you know, Storm Norton only gave up the one pressure, according to mm-hmm. Pro Football Focus. Again, that's early and it can change. Um, let me make sure I get these numbers right from Arjun, unless you have them up right now, Tyler. Yeah, things sort of changed. Uh, we got one set and then things changed because things are pending. So you want me to tell you? or you Yeah, go ahead. So I have Abushi at three pressures, Norton at, I think, two now, Slater one, Lindsley is one. Did that change? Oh, that was the update. So I guess Lindsley's at one now, Filer at zero. So Abushi three, Norton two, Slater one, Lindsley one, Filer zero. I thought now Arjun... Arjun, are you still here? Because <laughs> you said you sent things sort of in order, but then Steven liked something out of order. I think oh, Filer had one, Lindsley had two. No, you're good. You're good. I thought it was Filer zero, and I thought Lindsley had two. And then yeah, then it looks then like he, they took away took one away from Lindsay and gave it to Abushi. Something like that. Perhaps. Point is Norton only had two. And raise your hand if you thought that mm-hmm. was going to be the case this week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the thing with Norton is like I said, it's just be under five. At this point, like, you know, um, I thought it was unlikely that he was going to have the kind of game he had last week where he gave up nine. Um, you know, that just seemed to be like a mechanics issue, like Lombardi and Staley talked about. And also having to deal with Michael Parsons on pretty short notice, um, you know, with the whole Demarcus Lawrence thing happening. So I think that mm-hmm. that definitely played into it. Um, and yeah, uh, Arjun says that Slater gave up one. That was the Chris Jones matchup. Um, I assume he was on Slater a lot of the game, but, uh, no, for for me, it's just, you know, I don't think Norton is going to, you know, be the right tackle of the future. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, I don't think that we're going to get that out of him, but like, look, you know, Sam Tevy had good games last year, right? You can kind of get away with it if the rest of the offensive line is good and he can be serviceable, right? That's all you really need from Norton now. That what they'll have to address is uh, what we talked a little bit about earlier, which is the run game to the right side, um, you know, because yeah. that's that's going to be a problem with Norton until Balaga gets back. But yeah. we really just need these kind of efforts with uh, Norton in the game. Yeah, so as Arjun pointed out, it was Filer had one pressure allowed and Corey Lindsley had two. So um, all in all, a really good day. I, I want to say there was about 45 dropbacks, if I'm not mistaken. So um only giving up that few pressures and you never know if it's like you know multiple guys giving up a pressure on one play like that's a win i know that this was not you know a very vaunted defensive line but you know chris jones did not have a great day by any means in my opinion so um Mm -hmm. we'll take it as long like alex said as long as storm norton is not you know ruining your game plan almost single-handedly like i think it's a win so um as for the rushing attack because somebody did point this out again alex mentioned it too um Sebastian Saldana um, is the anemic running behind the right side of the line fixable if so how I think 
to a certain extent, like they're not going to be running with the same efficiency as they will to the left side. But I think we saw them do a little bit, you know, bring in Pipkins, do double tight side to that side. Like Get a I know, false start. Yeah, I know it was not a good day for Pipkins. But <laughs> in theory, the idea of running to the right side when it's not working is you just get more bodies over there. And I understand like the thought process there. Um, I, I don't feel like Steven Anderson had a great day blocking today. You know, I'll definitely dive into that in the film. So, you know, get more bodies over there. And I think one of the things that I would really like to see them do again in the future, which they did kind of in week two is do more jet sweep action. Like I think yeah. I can really only recall like two or three plays today where it was, I think Mike Williams got a handoff one time. I think Guyton was the other Guyton one did. two times. Um, so there are definitely ways where they can alleviate some pressure with some jet motion sweeps, getting more bodies on that side. But I just, I need to see more diversity again. Like, it, you know, week one was not very, you know, diverse in the run, in the rushing attack. Week two was better and they ran the ball really well today. It was kind of more of, you know, inside zone duo, and that's just not really who the Chargers are right now. A lot of inside mm-hmm. zone runs is is not really what I think they're effective at. So I just I think they run more on the perimeter. Again, doing some jet sweep RPOs. Like they they'll just have to be a little bit more creative. And I think that they will once you know Lombardi gets a feel for things. Strangely, I'd like to see them get Roundtree more involved in the passing game. So you expect him to contribute in that regard at some point. I feel like. Like yeah. last year with Kalen Balaj, every time he was on the field, was he's either rough. not getting the ball or he's running up the middle. And yeah. so you could just stack the box and wait for Lynn to go, I don't know, we'll just do it anyway. And then Balaj <laughs> run up the middle and they lose a yard or get a yard or whatever. So with Roundtree, like today, it's unfortunate that he had the ball f- go off yeah. his face today. And, you know, that's that's not his thing. Like they're, he's not known for being a receiving back by any means. But getting him involved, I think, as a pass catcher might open things up for him because it was a little tough sledding today. I don't know what the stats were so he had oh, four carries three yards so yeah awesome. getting him involved in the passing game would be would be great yeah um i did want to address this question um from rogue tiefling uh mm-hmm. yeah about the running game the run d had another long day but how much of that is the scheme that invites the run it's tough to watch us get gashed on the ground but we've been holding teams to around 20 points yeah, I, it definitely is tough, and, and we kind of had this conversation on Thursday. Like, the intention of the scheme is to kind of dare teams to run against them, but, like, to a certain extent. Like like I was saying yes. earlier <laughs> today, you know, you're not, you know, daring teams to have 25-yard runs like we saw with Zeke and Tony Pollard. So, Brandon Staley pointed out, like, today the Chiefs' biggest run was 14 yards. So, it is kind of by design, but, mm. you know, they're definitely missing Justin Jones at the point of attack. And the linebackers, frankly, did not play well today outside of Drew Tranquil. So, you know, the whole attention of intention of the scheme is to have Linval Joseph, you know, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, Christian Covington, all these defensive interior defensive linemen um, take on blocks and, and allow your linebackers and safeties to come up free and make plays. Right now, the defensive line is not doing a good enough job of taking on those blocks. And the linebackers are not doing a good enough job of diagnosing what's happening in front of them. So I personally feel like those issues are correctable. You know, like I said, I think Justin Jones coming back will help. And Kenneth Murray figuring things out, trusting his instincts will help as well. And, you know, having Drew Schrank will come on some more, I think will help. But again, Mm -hmm. until, until Brandon Staley really gets the defensive line that he wants and trusts to take on blockers, 
it's going to be a work in progress on the run defense. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it definitely is intentional as hard as you go on it, right? Like we talked about the the roof thing that Tony Romo said earlier, right? Um, it, it's just the idea that, okay, well, I'm going to prefer this Clyde Edwards-Alaire seven-yard run, even if that happens over right. Travis Kelsey's 17-yard completion, right? Like I think that is kind of the idea um, of it. That being said, like they do still need to be better and not give up like this yes. many yards to a Chiefs yes. run game that was pretty anemic in the first two games. Like the, this wasn't exactly Zeke and Pollard coming downhill with Zach Martin on the inside. So I definitely think there needs to be uh, some improvement. Hope Hopefully for Monday Night Football, they get Justin Jones back. Just yeah. I'm praying on that, um, you know, because they're going to need him to deal with Josh Jacobs, who I assume will be back. Um, you know, because if I would, I would assume Josh Jacobs had the kind of day to day if he was watching this Chargers game where, you know, it was that WWE meme of the guy coming out of the wheelchair. Uh, so, <laughs> you, you know, seeing how this run defense was working. Um, yeah. Shout out to Alex for correctly pronouncing Tiefling. Uh, how yeah, else would was you have said it? I have no idea what that. I don't know. <laughs> is that D&D shit? I don't know. Anyway, um, no, but yeah, so I think definitely part of it is intentional. But yeah. I think uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what it is going forward when Justin Jones is back, because I do think that's really kind of the litmus test for it. But unfortunately, hasn't been able to play the last two weeks. So hopefully he's back this week. Yeah, you guys nailed it. I will say it's, it's really interesting to see how the the philosophy of the defense of making you get five yards per carry, per reception, whatever it is, how that's worked out. I mean, the, the Chiefs made, what, four mistakes because they had to drive. You have more and more yeah. plays. You have more and more opportunities to fumble, to throw an interception, whatever it is. And by forcing them to make, run more and more plays, there were those opportunities for turnovers. And I now, you know, I, I don't expect Mahomes to no look past miss and for one guy to fumble <laughs> and for him to yeah. throw a prayer. It's not going to happen every time and they won't get four turnovers every time. But that is kind of part of the reason for, for wanting to do that. It's amazing how little this Chargers defense has been challenged deep. I don't know how often, but like I feel like they must be giving up one of the lowest rates of, of deep passes or, or explosive plays deep in the, in the past, right? Because do you ever see like Gilman running to the sideline to help break up a pass? Or I feel like I never see them having to, to be challenged deep. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I, I want to say Washington did it like two or three times. Uh, I don't know I, off the top of my head, like the completion numbers, but we didn't really see them challenge the Chargers deep until they absolutely had to on the last drive. Like, I think we saw one Tyree kill target, you know, past 20 yards and I'll have to look at like next gen stats to see, but mm -hmm. you know, like if we all knew on Friday that Patrick Mahomes would have 260 yards, we would have been like, sign us the hell up. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like whatever yeah. you're doing is working. So um, like Alex was saying, I think the run defense will definitely improve if they do certain things. And I know there's been a lot of frustration over like calling up Joe Gaziano instead of the other players, but Staley's telling us like he prefers to have like of the five interior defensive linemen, he prefers to have three who can play on the edge and on the inside. So mm -hmm. Joe Gaziano in this game, and then you have Eric Banks and then uh, Jerry Tillery. So those three players can do three technique, four technique, five technique. And then you have Christian Covington and Linval Joseph who do one technique and three technique. So mm -hmm. if anything like ever happens to Linval Joseph or Christian Covington, then we'll see Forrest Merrill and Brayden Fajoko. But until then, you know, we're going to see the guys like Eric Banks, Joe Gaziano, Justin Jones, like the players who can do that. 
Although mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting tomorrow because per the NFL CBA, they yeah. have to sign Joe Gaziano to the active roster or release him and hope he gets back on waivers. So it is going to be interesting to see what they do there. Um, Who do you think they should cut then? If oh, they cut anybody. <laughs> I mean, how is it not Joshua Kelly at this point? Yeah. I, that's you forcing trying. your hand. Yeah. I mean, you could do Kelly or Amen Ogbogmamiga, unfortunately. But mm. I, I just like, I would have a hard time like signing Gaziano to the active roster. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, that's a tough situation. Again, that's, I understand the thought process, but I, I kind of would, would have preferred to see Fajoko get a chance today. So then you can at least kind of prolong, you know, not having to sign, sign Gaziano to the active roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's tough to see that. And uh, shout out to Jay Blue. Great question. You know, kind mm-hmm. of adding on to the run defense here. Tranquil should start. Any chance the Chargers make a trade to help the run D? So I, I assume he's specifically talking about like a defensive tackle, another linebacker. What do you guys think here? I don't think so. I mean, NFL trades in season are just so hit or miss, you know, <laughs> like you can be trading second round pick for Mohamed Sanu, uh, like yeah. the Patriots did a couple years ago. Like, I think it, it can work in theory, but uh, I think this is largely what the run defense guys are going to be. Plus, Justin Jones, obviously, when he gets back. Um, I don't know if there's really like a trade you make. I, I don't know if there's like any guys out there, maybe in terms of free agency that maybe you could bring in. Mm. Um, what's Nick Vigil doing? Is he on a team? No idea. He's um, on the Vikings and not playing uh, well. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> um, you know, but like I think there's some depth guys you could get a linebacker in DT, maybe in free agency. But other than that, uh, I think that this is largely what it's going to be. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It just it is wow. what it is. They're going to get Harris back. They're going to get um, what's his face back, Justin Jones back. So yeah, I, I think they'll stick with it. What's wow? Um, Arjun oh, points that, out, wow, the AFC West and NFC West teams are eight of the top ten offenses in EPA per play. Ooh. Browns and Cowboys are the other two teams. Wow. So West Side. <laughs> that is honestly incredible. I was like the the Rams man, like. They are really freaking good. They are really Matthew good. Matthew Stafford is really unlocking that offense to a point where, like, you know, I know a lot of people hate the, the Shanahan system or whatever, but, you know, we're seeing what it can do with an elite quarterback in Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. And, like, it's it's fun to watch. As, as a casual football fan, like, the Rams are are fun to watch, unfortunately. I'm just, I'm, I'm just so happy for Stafford because we talk about casual football fans. Casual football fans are like, oh, this guy's never done shit in the playoffs. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. this guy is actually really fucking good. Um, yeah. And I was really embarrassed week one on Sunday Night Football when Chris Collinsworth was like, yeah, I actually just never watched Matthew Stafford. I wasn't sure if he was good or not. I'm like, Did he say that? Me. What? Yeah. Yeah, he oh said. My he, God. said <laughs> he said I didn't know if Matthew Stafford was good week one oh uh, on gosh. on Sunday Night Football, and I'm like, you are an embarrassment to your job, to your company. Yikes. That's a whole other thing. I hate that Chris Collinsworth called the Eagles Super Bowl. It's disgusting. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris Collinsworth is a fraud. But uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just really happy that Matt Stafford got this kind of monkey off his back and uh, is really playing well with the Rams to the point where. Uh, both hardcore and casual fans can uh, appreciate mm-hmm. him. I somehow picked Herbert in our quarterback draft. I got Herbert, great call. Stafford, great call. I also ended up with Tua, 
and um, <laughs> not so great. Which isn't working out so good. And then Trevor Lawrence, who I I just don't know what to make of him because that that team oh sucks. The well, Jets see are awful. The the Jaguars are awful. The the Bears are awful. Just so bad for these rookies. <laughs> Arjun. <laughs> Don't talk about my CEO like that. Oh man. Hey Arjun, that was a fantastic moment watching that tweet blow up. Um now here's the yeah. guy who's defending Chris Collinsworth despite him being fucking ass. Yeah, the I don't know. What would we what did we think of Tony Romo today? I know people do not oh, like I love him Romo. generally. Romo's great. Okay. It's fine by me. There we go. All right. Um, anything else you guys are seeing in the chat that you want to talk about? Rams Chargers Super Bowl. That would be so much early. fun, man, in SoFi, but uh, a little too early for the Chargers. As much as I think they will get there down the road, I, I think it's going to take them another year or two. We, we talked about the AFC, uh, the NFC West being an eight of the top ten offenses, and that is huge for the Seahawks if Shane Waldron has truly fixed that offense. So that's kind of the team that I'm a little high on when it comes to the NFC. Uh, obviously, a long season to go, and they're going to all beat up on each other um you know i'll say the cardinals are lucky that they won that chanks game because that was some peak cliff kingsbury um that i was uh that i had my eye on earlier but it was uh yeah it was definitely great you know offensive play so far for the uh, for the afc west and nfc west who knows if that holds through in the year if uh, all these teams are as great by the end of the year but uh i do think that it was just a great day overall today I will say as regarding the playoffs and the Super Bowl, like the AFC teams are kind of beaten up right now. Like the Ravens are pretty beat up. The Steelers are definitely not the team that I thought they were. And then definitely not the no. team that beat the Bills week one somehow. Roethlisberger looks awful. Um, the Browns are fine, I guess. I haven't really watched them. But, you know, the Chiefs are obviously beatable. The Chargers beat them. The Broncos have had a cupcake schedule. Um, somehow the Raiders are the team that's ascending right now. But whatever. Um, yeah, the AFC is pretty... The AFC is more open than we thought. Yes, is. I definitely think so. And the, the Patriots, did they win? The Patriots win today? I have no idea. They, uh, somebody say it in the comments, so I don't have to look at it. <laughs> I, I saw they were down. I don't know if they actually they lost. winning or not. They, they lost. lost yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I heard a lot of complaints about Josh McDaniels from my Patriots fans friends, so uh, I'll have to uh, go and watch that at some point. But um, no, I... I just thought, you know, when we talk about the Chargers in the playoffs, like this was the kind of game that showed that the Chargers can be in it with every team. And we sort of yes. knew that a little bit last year um, as well. But I thought that this was just the game where the Chargers could, you know, really show you what they're made of. Yeah. And to that point, I think Rogue's, you know, point right here, Mahomes 5.9 yards per attempt. Um, like that's that's some really high level defense. And like I said, I know the run defense was an issue. But this defense really had a fantastic plan and executed it, you know, at least in the secondary to damn near close to perfection. So mm -hmm. um, I, I do agree, Alex. I think this is is potentially a tone setting win for this franchise, at least in terms of, you know, making it towards the playoffs. Because I mean, all three of us picked the Chiefs to win today. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, we got to call it it like it is. And I think <laughs> most people pick the Chiefs like it is what it is. Like, I think. Yeah, you know, you, you looked at like what happened last week, and, and you, you know, we didn't have a ton of confidence that the Chargers would fix most of their issues that they needed to, but they played very they well didn't. today. Like technically, they didn't yeah. fix a lot of those issues. I mean, but the biggest thing though is that they were great in the red zone for the most part. Like there are definitely some calls here and there that yeah. Lombardi needs to fix up in the penalties, but I mean, they scored touchdowns today for the most part in the red zone. 
Um, I do th- I do think it's hilarious that we all picked against the Chargers, and then by the time the end of the game comes and they upload that Stephen A. Smith clip into the NFL Network stuff, and I was just like, yeah, suck it. We picked against them, but we're allowed to do that because we like, suck it, you media elitists. It's like that Homer gif where you're like fading away into the bushes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how will the Chargers D hold up against King Henry? I mean, the Titans, offense, Titans. Yeah, the, the, the Titans offensive line right now is not very good, but I, I wouldn't trust them very much in that game, at least. In the Let's not think run. about it. Maybe they'll never have to see him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't true. think they have to play the Titans. So, I mean. No. Um, yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to whichever reporter asked him uh, <laughs> yes. about believing Justin <laughs> Herbert. Um, He's getting but, fired. Know, <laughs> you know, Patrick owned it, though. He was like, I guess I got to believe it. <laughs> Did he uh, own I, it? Yeah. He barely, he was in, barely owned it. Yeah, barely. <laughs> I did think it was very funny that uh, <laughs> Andy Reid used COVID <laughs> to, to say that he was sick after the game. <laughs> and he just hasn't taken two losses straight in so long. Uh, probably since it feels like he was in Philadelphia since he's taken two straight losses with all the winning they've done with Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I just thought it was funny that he just got out of there. <laughs> He was taking off at an ambulance, man. I'm not gonna. I know. I was like, oh, he was taking off. Oh, I didn't see that part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) My bad. Sorry, Andy. Love you. Like he's fine, but he was legit in an ambulance. Oh, I didn't. I thought there was. I thought that there was like. I'm gonna get canceled again. I thought there was like another update that Alex knew about and none of us. I, though, no I was idea. like, what? No, I just saw the tweet after the game. I, I, I had no idea I got taken off in an ambulance. That's what happens when you go to the supermarket. There you oh. go. Sorry, Andy. Shout out to you. I know. Alex is an Eagles fan, though. So, I mean, yeah. you kind of love You have to love Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Alex. I'm, uh... <laughs> um, oh, Tyler, somebody's to- asking... Go shout ahead, out to Alex. Peter Schrager today because I I told him oh, that yeah. he fucked up on Twitter and then he was like, "Can I come on your podcast?" Uh, so shout out to that guy today for being a good sport. Yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. All right, let's uh, wrap up today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in, um, Tyler. Since Alex is still you know going at it right now, um, final thoughts for the day, Tyler. I'm just happy they won. I think this completely could change your season. Do I think they go on a full win streak here? Not really. I do think they'll go on a nice two-game win streak here. I do think this just... And to be completely honest, heading into next week's game against the, the Raiders, I will be at that game, and I am glad that they won because I do not know how many Chargers fans would have shown up for that game. I think it's going to be brutal as is, but it's nice that they're at least winning. So Some Chargers fans want to keep their tickets and show up because I don't, I don't want to be stuck by myself. And my obnoxious father. <laughs> Just kidding. Hi, Dad. Yeah, you'll be in in section two thirty one. Uh, you know, both. I'll be the blue jersey. A, yeah, <laughs> blue jersey. the one blue jersey. Um, I agree. I think this was a really fantastic day for this Chargers franchise, and similar to the week one, like this is a game that this team does not win in the past. And you know, I think football today is all about handling momentum and being able to you know, hit people in the face and, and, you know, counterpunch them when they hit you in the face. And I think the Chargers did that today. They really showed a lot of resiliency, a lot of toughness. Justin Herbert, you know, got his uh, index finger or at least jammed pretty badly and came back from it. Joey Bosa playing through a bad ankle. You know, Derwin James gets his shoulder popped back into place. I think this team really showed a lot of toughness. 
both on the physical side and on the mental side. Getting a win in Kansas City is huge. You know, it, it's such a tough place to play historically. And I, I'm not really counting last year, but Justin Herbert is 2-0 and there technically. And, you know, they've won three of the last four games in Arrowhead. So I, I think the arrow is firmly pointing up for this franchise. And, you know, Brandon Staley, salute, man. That was That was a hell of a fourth quarter by you. Hell of a great defensive day by this secondary in particular and pass rush. Um, just all good vibes today with some things to clean up that I think are definitely correctable. Um, all right, Alex, looks like you've uh, settled down from Andy Reid comment hysteria. So uh, what are your final thoughts for the day? I'm so sorry to Andy Reid. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, man. I blew that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, look, I thought this was a great win for the Chargers just coming into this game and like i said before they've lost this game so many times and for them to win this one score game you know we, we didn't really talk about it a lot but big ball Staley, like you know going for it on all those yeah. fourth downs with all the wind condition you know, all the wind conditions and everything you know i thought that that was just kind of a great move on his part just put the game in the hands of your offense and the quarterback that's kind of been working the defense the whole game um so i thought that was really good you know obviously the stuff that they got wrong kind of got balanced out by the Chiefs turnovers in this game. So like on some level, that's stuff that you need to correct going forward because the next time they play the Chiefs, I could guarantee you they're not going to commit four turnovers. Um, right. You know, so that that's something that you got to correct. But this was just a great win. And then hopefully next week you get Chris Harris back, you get uh, Justin Jones back and it's a great game. You, sort of a long rest week. Uh, and then you got a primetime game with the Raiders, you know, sort of. Pretty much for the division lead, uh, you know, unless obviously yeah. Denver wins next week, but still like a really important divisional game. And if you they can get off to a two and zero start in the division, that's going to be huge. Um, so yeah, no, I thought this was a really great game, and the Chiefs uh, committed four turnovers. I think that's only three fewer than Stevens Utah Utes committed on Saturday. Oh man, no, yeah. no. Oh, you had to you had to go there today of all days, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think Brandon Staley said that we have a gangster at quarterback. I think we have a gangster at head coach. I, I think I really do. So, uh, great day to be a Chargers fan as always. Thank you guys for tuning in today. This has been a great chat. Um, smash that like button, comment, subscribe to the channel. If you are listening on the audio version, which will be posted shortly, uh, leave us a rating or review. We always appreciate the positive feedback. Follow us on Twitter and bolt up let's freaking go top eight <laughs> this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.